yeah, it's the theme tune you just cannot get out of your head. The earworm, earworm of the century, extra, extra, read all about it. Good morning, hope you're well. Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I've been soaked in to the bone marrow this morning with puppy tremendos walking around local park. I've had a few soakings lately. I think it's been a pretty dry winter so far, I think. On the, in the main, in the main, it's been dry. But this morning, yeah, I've been soaked. I'll catch my death. I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. Hope all is well in your world, wherever you are. Going straight to the front pages of the dailies, the times. We'll start with the broadsheet or the broadsheets. Headline, Prince issues Gaza plea for a permanent peace. This is about William, the Prince of Wales, the heir to the throne. He's called for, quote, an end to the fighting as soon as possible, end quote, in the Israel-Gaza conflict. And this leads many of the papers today. Took his time, didn't he? Took his time. How many? Ah, look, don't, don't start. Anyway, he's spoken out. His strongest intervention yet, says uh, the Times. Also on the front page of the Times, the headline, Gulag expert fears Navalny was killed by KGB punch. What's that about? Well, Alexei Navalny, you know, the Putin critic, the opposition leader, or the opposition to Vladimir Putin's reign, in Russia, the man who alleged he was poisoned by the Kremlin went back to Russia, was promptly arrested, was sent to prison and um, turned up dead a few days ago. A gulag expert is saying that the KGB trains its operatives to kill people with a single punch, something like Bruce Lee, and that maybe they committed him or they, 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 they left him Um, wandering in the yard of the prison outside in the freezing cold for a couple of hours to lower his body temperature. And then somebody came to him and killed him with a single punch. That is the allegation in uh, The Times. The Daily Telegraph headline, William fighting in Gaza must be brought to an end. As I said, a number of the papers leading with this today. The I, Royal Diplomat, UK deploys Prince William to call for urgent ceasefire. Daily Mail, William, too many have died in Gaza conflict. Like I said, he he took his time. The Mail has a photograph on the front page of the Jewish couple we spoke about yesterday who received the birth certificate for their newborn baby. And the word Israel was scrubbed out on it. Talked about this yesterday. Um, The father of this baby was born in Israel. This is information that would be contained on the birth certificate. You know, the birthplace of mum and dad. And the word Israel was scribbled out. And this guy hilariously told the mail yesterday, that he knows now, he knows what it's like to be living in 1930s Germany. Oh, do fuck off, you know. As I said on the Richie Allen show yesterday, 
mischief making, silly behaviour, you know, which isn't warranted in any in any way, of course. It's foolish and stupid and pathetic for people to be engaging in such childish behaviour. I mean the people in the Home Office have scrubbed out the word Israel, but to compare it to living in Nazi Germany, again, do fuck off. This guy went screaming to the mail and to the campaign against anti-Semitism, yes. The Home Secretary, James Cleverly, said that the Home Office is looking into it. Yeah. The Financial Times, Barclays to return £10 billion to investors in push for new revenues and balance. Uh, Also on the front page of the Financial Times, Trump donor numbers fall by 200,000 as mounting legal bills dent war chests. So that's an allegation that support for Donald Trump, financial support for him, is dwindling in the United States. That's interesting, that, because we've heard previously that when Trump is hauled into court or when he is sued by one group or by one person or another, that it rallies his supporters, it rallies his base around him, and that far from doing him harm, it boosts or increases his support. This story in the Financial Times claiming the opposite, that supporters, um, he's down. Legal bills are, and this legal soup he finds himself in has led to 200,000, a 200,000 fall in support, in numbers of support. The Guardian. Labour leader faces threat of revolt over Gaza despite call for ceasefire. What's this about? Well, the paper says that Sir, if you please, Keir Starmer, is facing a potential rebellion from his backbenchers despite his recent call for a ceasefire, a change in his position. We'll talk about it briefly in a minute. There's also a photograph of Stella Assange on the front of The Guardian. The Guardian newspaper has long supported Julian Assange. He's attempting to prevent himself being extradited to the United States. Again, we've covered this on the Richie Allen Show. Daily Express PM completely ridiculous for illegal migrants to jump the queue. So The Express leads with a message from Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister. A big, bold headline. Um, It is completely ridiculous for illegal migrants to jump the queue. It terms these words it attributes to Sunak as the strongest attack on illegal migration yet. The Daily Mirror leads with Putin's Brit targets. Exclusive chilling warning. Okay. The paper says it has an exclusive on a chilling warning from Russia. It says the mirror that Vladimir Putin is plotting to murder a string of critics in Britain. That would be Russian people living in Britain who have criticised the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin. Uh, The Metro leads with Cam's government knew. And that's about this post office scandal which is boring the living piss out of me to be honest. It claims that the government of David Cameron knew that the post office had dropped a secret probe that may have helped jailed and ruined sub-postmasters prove their innocence. It adds that ministers were told about the probe in 2016, 
but it was ditched by the post office. Who knew what and when did they know it? The post office scandal rumbles on. The Sun headline, Brit nuke sub-launch fails. So the Sun's front page focuses on the failed launch of a Trident missile, which dramatically misfired and crashed into the ocean yards from the submarine that launched it. The Daily Star leads with greedy black hole eats the universe. A greedy black hole. Front page of the Daily Star alongside a graphic that describes uh, a black hole as being massive and um, how it can eat the universe, I suppose. I haven't read it. Not yet in any case. Those uh, were the front pages of today's papers. Let's look inside the papers. They've all gone with William, the Prince of Wales. So the Telegraph then, William's plea to end Gaza fighting risks diplomatic rift with Israel. Really. In a public statement, Prince William said, too many have been killed in the conflict, urging more humanitarian aid and the release of hostages as he called for an end to the fighting as soon as possible. He invoked Winston Churchill. He said, quote, even in the darkest hour, we must not succumb to the counsel of despair. I continue to cling to the hope that a brighter future can be found and I refuse to give up on that. What a man. William, what a man. What a statesman. Uh, His intervention, says the Telegraph, was backed by number 10, which said the nation should speak with one voice. The Israeli government responded to his remarks on Tuesday with spokesman Elon Levy saying, Israelis, of course, want to see an end to the fighting as soon as possible, and that will be possible once the 134 hostages are released and once the Hamas terror army, threatening to repeat October 7th, is dismantled. Yeah. He goes on to say, does Elon Levy, that Israel appreciates the Prince of Wales' call for Hamas to free the hostages, and they also recall with gratitude his statement from October the 11th condemning Hamas's terror attack. Yeah. There will be a vote in the House of Commons later on a Scottish National Party motion calling for a ceasefire immediately. And this is why there are talks today about a rebellion a Labour rebellion. You see, the Labour Party wants to put an amendment on this Scottish National Party motion calling for an immediate ceasefire. And uh, it is feared that Labour backbench MPs, who um, are very disillusioned with the party's leadership, uh, because the party's leadership has been very weak, really, on the whole Israel question, and on the genocide being committed in Gaza. There are fears that Labour backbenchers will not vote with the Labour Party on an amendment to the Scottish National Party's motion. Labour backbenchers want the Labour Party to be unequivocal and to state that there must be a ceasefire now and that aid must be allowed into um, Rafa now for the one and a half million uh, Palestinians currently hiding in Rafa. So that might be interesting later on as that progresses through the House of Commons. Also in the Telegraph, trans women in the armed forces can live in female-only accommodation. What fuckery is this? Well, trans military personnel born as men can live in female-only accommodation an official government document states. Concerns have been raised to the Telegraph 
that the policy risks diluting safe spaces for women. The document, written as part of the JSP 889, the official guidance regarding the recruitment and management of transgender personnel in the armed forces, states that the determining issue for allocating single living accommodation where a single or unaccompanied person lives is the affirmed gender of the transgender person. So the determining issue when allocating accommodation is the affirmed gender of the trans person. So the army says, well, we leave it up to the person themselves. If they say they're a woman, if they say they are a woman, excuse me, well, they can stay in women's quarters or quarters that have been allocated for women. This is mad shit, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? But here's the question I have. And nobody wants, well, I haven't heard anybody ask this question. How many trans people are currently serving in His Majesty's Armed Forces? I mean, is is this just, again, bullshit culture war nonsense? Or is it genuinely a problem? You know, how many men who identify as women and who present as a woman wearing women's clothing and whatnot, how many of them are actually in the army? I'd like to fucking know this. I don't know about you, excuse my my bad language, so early in the morning. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, men who identify as women should be allowed access female-only quarters. Of course they shouldn't. But how serious is it, you know? Nobody seems to know or nobody seems to care. Hunger Games Society, the Express newspaper, More than half of universal credit claimants ran out of food in the past month. I believe this. I frequent a supermarket. Everybody knows which one. It's the biggest one in Salford, on the precinct. I go in there three, four times a week. I'm familiar with many of the staff in there now because I've been shopping there for five years. Very few of them know about the Richie Allen show, it must be said. We, We don't discuss it. But I talk to them about everything from Salford Red Devils to Manchester United to the price of bloody tinned peas, you know? Bloody tinned peas are much nicer than tinned peas. Anyway, um, some of these women who work on the checkers there have been there for 30 years. We talk. They've told me about people breaking down in tears at the checkouts, Breaking down in tears. Because they've had to put food back. Or because they haven't had the money to pay for the basket of shopping they have brought to the checkout. I believe these women. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it. It's horrendous what's happening. So, YouGov Research has found, um, and YouGov has polled universal credit recipients. These are people, many of whom are in work, but their jobs don't pay enough for them to make ends meet, so they get some help from the government. And they have found that one in eight, that's 12%, had used a food bank last month, while 55% had run out of food last month and couldn't afford any more. This is supposed to be a first world country. This is supposed to be a thriving democracy. More than half of people who need a bit of government assistance are basically fucked. This is horrendous. And the Trussell Trust, which is a think tank which um, works around, um, works with and basically um, assists the working poor, 
people who do work, you know, who do get off their arses and try to do for themselves and for their family, but who can't make ends meet. Uh, the Trussell Trust says um, people claiming benefits, falling behind on bills and struggling to meet credit commitments, um, the numbers are growing and growing and growing and growing. And we've heard from people on the Richie Allen Show. We've spoken about this for years, long before COVID, that this is an agenda, isn't it? To impoverish people, to wreck people financially. Because, well, it's problem, reaction, solution, isn't it? You create the problem, you generate a reaction, an outcry, and then you can provide the solution for them, the Great Reset. It's horrible, this. Um, a quarter have missed an essential appointment, such as visiting the doctor or travelling to work. This is because of stress and because of the cost of transport. 43% of people reported being unable to keep their home warm this winter, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, that's the, uh, the Express. More than half of universal credit claimants ran out of food in the last month, and I live in a working-class community. I see it with my own eyes. Also in the Express today, a story about a referendum in Switzerland, a referendum on asylum seekers. The Swiss people are said to be offered a referendum on immigration after a petition calling for the population not to go above 10 million by 2050 reached 100,000 signatures. In a rare expression of direct action, the people of the landlocked mountain nation of Switzerland are to be asked if they believe the number of people in the country has reached a peak, a referendum, asking people if they should maintain a population number, if they should maintain a figure and not allow it go above 10 million by 2050. And that will take place. There hasn't a date for the referendum, I don't think, has yet been hasn't been set as of yet but it's very interesting isn't it in light of what's happening here in the UK and of course in Ireland they quote the People's Party of Switzerland the Express guy called Thomas Matter uh, he's been speaking to Blick a Swiss newspaper and says that immigration is causing a population explosion that is unsustainable in Switzerland he says the issue is on everyone's lips since 2002, the population has increased by one and a half million. In 2022 alone, if you add up Ukrainian refugees and asylum seekers, the population has grown by nearly 200,000. And he talks about all of the problems associated with that. Housing crisis, rising rents, increased health and social costs, traffic jams, crowded trains, power shortages, integration problems and what not. We are reaching the limit, he says. We can't sustain it, so we should have a referendum. I wonder will they be clamouring for a referendum on immigration in the UK or in Ireland. Let's go to the Times. Musk says first human trial of Neuralink brain chip is going well. Well, well, well. Elon Musk, the man behind Neuralink, the man behind Twitter these days, said during a broadcast on Twitter, progress is good, the patient seems to have made a full recovery with no ill effects that we are aware of. Give it some time, Elon. Give it some time. And they claim this guy can now move a mouse, a cursor, on a screen, 
by thinking after the device was embedded into the person's grey matter last month. Now, this isn't new. You know, it's not the first time. It's not groundbreaking. In the early 2000s, American scientists showed that monkeys implanted with neural interfaces could control robotic limbs with their thoughts. So it isn't brand new. It's just the first time Musk's company has, uh, has, has managed to achieve it. However, what Musk wants to do is this. His ultimate aim, he says, is to create a mass market general population device that would directly connect users' minds with powerful computers to achieve symbiosis with artificial intelligence. Be afraid, be very afraid. Musk is a madman. I mean, ultimately, to create a general population device where all of our minds would be interconnected with powerful computers and each other's minds so that we would all know everything to achieve symbiosis with artificial intelligence. That's in The Times. And The Times carries an extraordinary interview today with Rachel Clark, who we've been taking the piss out of on The Richie Allen Show. Rachel Clark is a doctor, and she's written a book, an account, a best-selling book, an account of what it was like to be a doctor on a COVID ward. The book has been turned into an ITV drama. It's called Breathtaking. It's a three-parter, and it's currently on it's happening. Part two aired last night. I think the third and final part will air this evening. So let me read a little bit of the interview featured in The Times with Rachel Clark, the doctor. Breathtaking, based on Rachel Clark's best-selling account of what it was like being a doctor on a COVID ward, is a powerful reminder of what many of us were trying to forget. Carol Midgley gave it a five-star review, and the series has been trending on Twitter. To know that we have managed to get everybody talking about this traumatic, frightening, awful time means such a lot, Clark says. But the trolls who have pursued Clark for the past few years have also reawakened. You deserve to hang. You deserve Nuremberg. You're the killer, not the virus. All of those are things that I've seen tweeted over the last couple of days, Clark says. How can you claim that hospitals were empty and nurses spent their time dancing on TikTok when actually on screen you've got this vivid, authentic depiction of what actually happened? This is extraordinary, isn't it? Clark is speaking to the Times and she's wondering, why do people not believe me when it's on ITV for them to see? How can they claim that the hospitals were empty and that the nurses were dancing on TikTok when you've got it on screen on ITV, this authentic depiction of what actually happened? So this is hilarious, you know. I've written a book about my account of it, and ITV has made a drama. Why don't you believe it? I'll tell you why, Rachel, because it's fucking bollocks. Not to put too fine a point on it. And again, I'm not going to get into this in great detail, because I've spoken about it too often in the past three years. We've seen the fucking TikTok videos. They're still out there. You know, we've heard from the whistleblowing doctors and nurses. I've had them on the Richie Allen show. Wards closed, wards empty. 
COVID. She, she goes on to talk about 230,000 deaths from COVID. We know this to be bollocks. We know. We know that the, that the methodology used to count COVID deaths is completely redundant. Anybody who tested positive on the wretchedly inadequate PCR tests Right? Anybody, which gave up all these false positives. Anybody who tested positive, anybody who died within 30 days of testing positive, no matter how they died, whether it was cancer, whether it was heart disease, it doesn't matter, whether it was a car crash, those people were added to the numbers. It is utterly preposterous to claim that the 230,000 died of COVID in the UK. They didn't. It is bollocks. And there she is. Why are they trolling me? We've got the drama on ITV. Watch it. It's authentic. No, it isn't. This is the absolute... I'm not going to call her a name. I'm not going to lower myself. She told James O'Brien on LBC the other day that her colleagues were asking her on shift, on shift, to sign as a witness their holographic wills. They were so terrified they might make it to the end of the shift. What bullshit. What utter bullshit I cl- is, is my take of it. Wow. She goes on in her interview with the Times to talk about PPE, PPE, PPE. We didn't have the PPE. Matt Hancock, fuck off. PPE is, again, a- an absolute misnomer. It's a red herring. It's nonsense. You know, masks don't prevent the spread of anything. Bollocks. The Mirror, then, let's leave that, has a story about Banksy. The Mirror is determined to unmask Banksy. I think everybody knows who Banksy is now. And we have known for a few years. The guy's name is Robin Gunningham. As near as damn it, that is him, isn't it? And The Mirror says it could be confirmed officially in a few days because the man believed to be Banksy is being sued. So he is, for defamation in the High Court. And his name is likely to be released. I don't think anybody gives a shit really about Banksy. But um, I'm just mentioning it because it's something a bit different, isn't it? The Mirror goes on to tell today the life story, as the Mirror understands it, of Robin Gunningham from Bristol. It shows a photo of him uh, appearing to show him working on a piece uh, Banksy created in Kingston, Jamaica back in 2004. Banksy. Yes. And here's the one in the mail. We might finish with this because I've I've had enough of the papers, uh, to be honest with you. Lib Dem councillor who called Jewish people evil and vile in a string of anti-Semitic tweets is arrested for stirring up racial hatred. Now, this really is up to the beholder. This is very subjective. Whether you think this is an appropriate response by the police or not, it's up to you. I don't think it is, but then that wouldn't surprise you. This is Pat Marsh. She served under the North Yorkshire Liberal Democrats for 33 years. She's been a councillor. She's a grandmother of six. She's been a Lib Dem councillor, well, for decades, right? But she's been arrested on suspicion of stirring up racial hatred. She said Jewish people are evil, vile and horrendous. And that's why she's being investigated by her own party. Um, One tweet claimed, no wonder people are becoming anti-Jewish. In another post, she said, the world is silent. 
the Jews pay for that. That basically, she seems to, she seems to be saying there that the lack of action against Israel is going to reflect negatively on Jews. Okay, she writes in another tweet: "I hope you Jews out there feel proud of yourselves, for a so-called religious group, you are evil." She says. North Yorkshire police launched an investigation into the anti-Semitic comments shared on Twitter. It later arrested her on suspicion of displaying threatening, abusive or insulting written material with intent or likely to stir up racial hatred. The Harrogate councillor posted the comments between January 22nd and February 18th remains in custody. This is sinister, isn't it? This woman, this grandmother in custody. She was later suspended from the Lib Dems and kicked off the council group. The comments have been removed, were made in light of the war in the Middle East between Hamas and Israel, says the Daily Mail. In one tweet, Ms Marsh said, Money speaks louder than words. I totally agree Israel owns the USA. In another, she wrote, The Jews are vile, showing they have no care other than for themselves. In a third tweet, she said, This is a holocaust. Don't the Jews remember when it was done to them? Do you think those tweets warranted the arrest of this grandmother? Do you think she deserved to be arrested for stirring up or posting material that is likely to stir up racial hatred? I don't think so, to be honest. I don't think Jewish people need to be protected from the rantings of a woman on Twitter. Misplaced rantings, maybe. Misguided, maybe. The Jews are not responsible for what's happening in Israel. The Jews of, the, of Great Britain, the Jews of Ireland, the Jews of the United States, not their fault. You know, they don't have any control over the actions of the Israeli government and the Israeli Defence Forces. I think we'd all agree with that. But Jews can stand up for themselves, can't they? And tweet back to this woman and say, I give over, love, we understand. We understand why you're upset. It is genocide. It is terrible. But come on, you know, don't be referring to us as the evil. Give over, love, you know. You know, I run a bakery here in, 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 uh, in, in Ealing in London, love. I'm not evil. You know, but anyway, she's still in custody. Very sinister. Very sinister indeed. That is it for the papers this Wednesday. That is it for the papers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Feel free to share it with people online. I've been Richie Allen. Until next time, from your BBG, Slán Tomal, Slán Gafol, Arriva Darchi. Thank you.